0: Trudy Kerr, and welcome to The Interviewer. In this series I talk to artists, campaigners, men and women of influence, musicians, performers, sportsmen and women, politicians, businessmen and women and anyone who shapes the fabric of our society. Today is the third out of four men in media series and today is one hell of a media man. My guest describes himself as wacky, zany and irreverent, and is not only a videographer and photographer with ample experience behind the camera, he is also an influencer, a DJ, a radio presenter, a TV presenter, an events presenter, an entertainer, a joker, a funny man, and the station manager of one of Malta's most listened to and most loved stations. Sir, Frank Zamit.
1: Oh wow, what an intro. <laughs> you like it? Yeah. I, I, I might I might just ask you for that piece. You know, just just anytime I need a bit of an ego boost, I'm gonna I'm gonna call you up.
0: <laughs> That's your resume. Uh, did I miss anything out?
1: Uh, no, I th- I think you've pretty much covered it. You sure? I, I think you've you've oversold me, to be honest. <laughs> <but> <laughs> pressure's on.
0: <laughs> I want my money back. Of all of those vocations that I mentioned, because they are all you, Frank Zemit. Which is your favourite? Which is the one that you have always felt most at home doing?
1: I started in media 22 years ago. Um, I was actually doing the counting before I got here. So I started off when I was 16 with theatre, moved on to acting on TV. Radio came way later. Uh, moved on to animation, then, then did a bit of a TV and then got back into, in, into producing and then did a bit of radio. Nowadays, I would say the love is, is obviously radio because it's what I do day in day out. It, it is the absolute priority in, in anything I do. So right now, definitely the answer to that would be radio and the, the direction in which radio is heading nowadays, which is very exciting.
0: Okay, well, first of all, let me just ask you, for, you mentioned what you enjoy enjoying now. Most is radio. Does, does that mean that 10 years ago or maybe 12, 22 years ago it wasn't radio? It not only because you were not in it, but also because you never envisaged it and you were quite happy doing what you were doing?
1: When, when, I, when I was a 14 year old and I wanted to work in, in media, entertainment, and all that shebang, radio was not on my to do list. Um, TV was, working behind the scenes in movies was, um, theater was, animation was. I've I've done all those now now I'm concentrating um very much on radio so um slow radio is one of those things that you slowly fall in love with and when you get bit by that bug it gets very very difficult to let go and I'm very lucky to be in a in a, in a position where where I can do more than what I'm already doing and where where I can really grow not only myself but also the team with which I work and and that's why I keep saying that's that radio every every opportunity I have the first thing I say is radio is not dead radio is very very much alive it's the direction where I hope I, I continue to be heading for for yeah for a number of years now
0: well let me be devil's advocate for a second but radio it's still very much live is it? I mean, people are remote working now, they're not in their car.
1: It's fine. So I, be- I believe that change is inevitable. And there are three things that you can do with change. You can choose to be the disruptor and be the person that inspires change, that asks questions. You can choose to embrace change or you can choose to resist change. What you cannot do is ignore change. I, I like to think that I very much embrace change and there's a bit of an element of a disruptor um, in, in what I do and the way I, I look at things. There is, there is a lot of thirst out there for, not content, for good content. I believe that radio gives me, compared to other media houses and compared to, to, other, to other establishments, it gives me an edge that others don't have. I'm not an online portal, there's nothing wrong with that, but I've got, I've got a different edge. There's something intimate about radio that, that fascinates me till this very day. I mean, you're, you're in a car with a person who's just listening to you who's choosing to listen to you. You're not on a TV station where maybe someone's watching you on the sofa amongst other people. So you get into those intimate spaces with people. I mean, you get into people's showers. You get into people's sitting down on the loo time. That's not that I want to completely be there, but that's very intimate.
0: I was going to say, it doesn't get much more intimate than that. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly.
1: and that's and that's what excites me about radio so people tell me okay but it's a very visual world it's a very you know what that's what i love about radio that you can play with people's imagination a lot more than than you could do with tv so if you use what radio gives you and and play with it and also embrace the change we're in and let digital be a tool rather than than a distraction to what you're doing then yeah then then the future is very bright well,
0: for you at Vibe, what's the practical implication to that? Because you infer that you do things differently to your competitors. So what what is your brainchild? What is the way that you are taking radio, apart from hanging out with people on the loo?
1: No, as I said, there is a thirst for good content. So doing more of the same or doing what everyone else is doing will, will get you so far. Questioning even what you've been personally doing for a number of years and saying, okay... Do we need to do that anymore or can we do this differently then that is the direction that i'm very excited about if we didn't see the potential for for radio to grow in general we wouldn't be growing our team we wouldn't be in- investing in training our team We wouldn't be investing in equipment we just keep doing what we're doing until the until the amplifiers blow up. You try and stay ahead of the curve. It's not easy.
0: We're going to come back to radio in just a second, yes. because I have got a whole bunch of questions to ask you about the content that you just mentioned. But I want to still continue telling the story, because you made a transition from behind the camera to in front of all of that. How did that come about?
1: So I, I started off in front of a camera. So I, I started off on TV by pure chance. I mean, I was, I was acting in a play had to put on this Irish accent which I I can't oh, go believe on, go on, go on. I can't believe people bought yeah my name's Charlie Brown you did not know that. So this was something this was something very silly and and what happened back then was was that this TV crew from from a TV production at the time called Chala which was like the youth program at the time it was on it, it was on TVM it was I think the only thing people you know, people people of our age kind of could relate to one local TV. Um, they actually came to to do a feature about us, and they had they were actually looking for actors and a and a new TV project they had. And they're like, you know what, we, we we like you. I'm like, really okay, I like me too. <laughs> and um, and offered me offered me a, like an actor's role in, in this TV TV project they were doing. Eventually, I I joined this team started doing a bit of acting here and there and then i like to learn everything i do i try to always get out of that project having learned something so when eventually i was chosen by by other producers to join their production company part of the deal was that they teach me how to edit so i told them yeah i'll do what you want me to do but i you need to teach me how to edit so slowly i started learning how to edit then i get involved with the producers i was always what we call in Maltese a bit of a defsa and slowly getting more and more involved until Behind the camera started exciting me as much as being in front of it was, and that's where. Then, after a number of years, I actually took up a took up a role with with a, with a local visual effects company, working on a number of, of of international projects. And that's where the role went completely then in production and then behind behind the camera. I used that opportunity to continue learning, working on international projects, understanding exactly how things really are done, because I believe that um, in Malta we do a lot of uh things in a particular way but i think being exposed to the foreign way of doing things is very important and uh, spent a few few months um working and, and living in the uk which again i i believe was key came back to malta Got back onto radio doing a bit of here and there just as a bit of a hobby, and slowly again shifted from that visual effects job to Vibe FM, which is where, where I am today. Again, worked my way up a, a ladder over there, surrounded by a great team of people, and nowadays uh, being very, very much part of future of Vibe FM at least.
0: I love that. I love your story. I love the fact that you started off in front, you went behind, and you went That's in front 22
1: again. minutes compressed into two minutes. <laughs> I've missed out there so you go. much. <laughs>
0: You talk about being in front of the camera. Before we move on to what you're doing with radio, your website states, whether it is nosing around backstage at Moulin Rouge, to waiting in line to sit on Santa's lap in the Arctic Circle, to skydiving over the Noada Desert, Frank has done it all for the love of TV or almost. So first of all, I want an explanation what that means. Okay. Why did you say... Listen, I'm hoping you were not an adult sitting on Santa's lap. I
1: was 20-something.
0: Sitting on Santa's yes,
1: lap. Yes, I, I believe in the man. <laughs> I believe in the man. And I waited in, in minus 14 degrees Celsius weather, looking like an absolute idiot to to sit on his lap. But those were very, very few of the many TV adventures that I was lucky to have. I'm under no false impression. I'm, I'm very lucky to have experienced a number of things. I, not only did I get to do it, I, I got to do it on TV. You know, so with four cameras, you know, I mean, I mean that's the stuff. To, to yeah, sitting, to, to waiting in Lapland, uh, in the Arctic Circle, to, to, to meet the, the, the real Santa Claus, because the guy exists, I met him. Of course um, he does. Of course he does. And, and, and many, many more. Media gives you access to to places which which you never think you'd, you'd actually make it there, you know.
0: But media also gets you to do other things that you never thought you probably would do, uh, like... Live on air, peeing in your pants.
1: True. True.
0: Is there any way of an explanation <laughs> for that? Because this came up in my research, ready for this show, yeah. and I couldn't believe you actually did it. Uh,
1: well, I mean, the truth is, why not? That, that's There's my, too that's,
0: many answers to that, Frank, that's, why that's, you would not pee yourself?
1: No, I mean, started off by, by being a trend on TikTok. We could have gone in two directions. We could have just chosen to talk about this trend on TikTok, or doing it. I picked doing it. This is something that a lot of people mention to me, and, and this, is where, this is where sometimes it, it, it gets very weird, because people sometimes tell me, okay, but, you, but you're the manager. Why are you peeing your pants on radio? But, th- but I make a very, very clear distinction. The second I step behind the microphone, and um, the Frank of Nate, Frank, and Rossi, that's a very different person, that's, that's the character. And yeah, and the character does those things. I'd like to think I'd do even worse things. I mean, I've done, I've done stuff like like paint my bum on air, for, for Halloween. Again, it's for the love of media, for the sake of having a good love. And it's all in good fun. That's, that's what we do. We're there to entertain. We're there to put a smile on people's faces. And I like to think that if with today's, today's show or with this podcast, I've managed to put a smile on someone's face, then job done.
0: But this also comes back to you talking about the creation of content. Yeah. And you've had a career that spanned over two decades. Yeah. So how are you seeing now the production of content and the way that we digest content. You talked about TikTok. How do we digest content now that is so different to how we did it two decades ago? Or is it not? Is it just, you know, you would have peed yourself on television two, two decades ago? No, I
1: think I, I think two things have changed, mostly. So first of all, people's attention span has gone down way, way down. I, I'm the first to admit, I, fi- I find it as a bit of a struggle to sit through a three-minute music video nowadays. Of a band I like. Tension span has really gone down. And we're obviously being exposed to what others are doing abroad. When I started local media, um, we used to joke around, you know. There were three local stations. We used to get a bit of Italian TV. But that's that's what we were um, accustomed to. Then then cable came in. And we started watching stuff like Discovery Channel and everything. And, and that's where the edgy stuff was. Nowadays, if I'm on TikTok, I'm not competing with... Any of the other local content producers, I'm I'm competing with anyone else on TikTok. So you've got to be edgy. You can't keep being too safe because that's not going to get attention. In fact, what's the one thing you mentioned? The peeing in your pants. That's been a year and a half, I believe, since we've done that. So yeah, so be edgy, obviously within reasons because there are some crazy trends out there that I would never do for for a number of reasons. I mean, the last thing I want to be doing is setting a bad example. But yeah, but peeing in your pants, all it takes is Drink two liters of water and hold it in the, until you roll camera. And
0: I'm sure. I, and I'm, <laughs> I, but when I if I've done it,
1: you should try that. Not it's, it's, not intentionally, of course. It's I've very done. relieving.
0: Yes, I'm uh, absolutely literally. <laughs> <laughs> I've no doubt. I'm coming back to you. I looked for you. I searched when I was coming to do this show. Of course, I researched you. As it came up on on Google, there about number three or four down was the fact that you peed on on air. Um, it, one of the things that was also interesting. For me is that, and, and right on that vein is that you have dullness as a, is a disease tattooed on my back on your back. So you obviously believe that. But what does that mean in practical terms? Does it mean that we should all video ourselves peeing in our pants on TikTok?
1: No, it means enjoy life. It's, dullness is a disease is a Freddie Mercury quote. It's actually part of a bigger quote, but where he was actually asked if he ever regretted any of the crazy things he's done. And he spoke about how being grand, how being over the top is part of his persona and dullness is a disease. Is it something that I believe in? Totally. I got tattooed on my back, but enjoy it, have a good laugh. It's, there's, I mean, again, it's harmless fun. Are there limits to what I, to what I do? Totally. But I let people think about, okay, what the hell is this guy going to be up next? What, what's next up for this guy? And that's something that I really, really, really enjoy.
0: But is that because you are Frank Zameet in the media? Or is that because you are Frank Zameet?
1: No, it's because I'm Frank Zameet. Look, you have to think, you have to keep in mind one thing about me. I'm a twin. If I play it safe, there's two of me and and i believe that 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 being a twin and wanting to be different figuring out a way of of needing to stand out is something that uh, since a very very early age was something that kept poking there i mean i was the guy dyeing my hair different colors before i was on tv i was the c- guy wearing all sorts of stupid clothes when i was 14 15 and why because if i just wore a pair of jeans and a and a normal normal top I would just be an exact replica of my brother. I always had to figure out a way of being different, a way of, of trying to stand out. I mean, up until I think the age of 15, 16, I, I wasn't Frank, I was one of the twins.
0: And people would look at you as half of another person? No,
1: th- th- it's one of the twins. I mean, I would look around if, whether they called me out by my name or my, by my brother's name. When I started TV and started doing all the crazy things, suddenly you start hearing, okay, that's Frank. So you are like, okay. So people now know who I am. Yes, people can distinguish me and my brother now. So I think deep down being a twin is, is one of the motivations, you know, to, to be different. To really take it up a notch. We know my brother is the, I'm not going to be saying the safe one. My brother took a very, very particular direction in his life. He's a police inspector. It's obvious that that comes with its own image and everything, which, which I'm, I'm very, I mean, I'm very proud of what my brother does. I'm very, very proud of him, of what he's managed to achieve, but, but. Hell, I wouldn't want to do that. The last thing I would want to do, you know? But So is
0: that the definition of dull?
1: No. Dullness is a disease, it's choosing to to give in, choosing to not. To have fun in general. I believe that people like my brother, even if they lead a more, let's say, conservative approach to life, they're still having fun with what they're doing, they're still innovating in one way or another.
0: So B, I'm gonna keep pushing you on this. What is Please the definition do. of dull compared to the definition of conservatism?
1: It's different. Conservatism. It, it doesn't mean that being conservative means that you're dull. It means that being conservative means that uh, you you understand uh, what your position is, what your role is, and how you act. Being dull is is choosing to blend in. If you know what I mean. I don't think my brother blends in. Um, I I think my brother. If, if we were to use my brother's example, I think my brother does a very good job at 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 keeping abreast with with what he does with with. You know, with with all that happens in 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 his cybersecurity world, and and there is an element of innovation there. But obviously, the way he he reaches the end goal is very different than I would do. I, I like to shock. My brother would take the more reasonable approach, which is sometimes very useful. I I look up I look up to my twin brother as if he's like my bigger brother. So I'm still so so I'm very happy to step into the role of being the 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 family idiot and my brother taking on the big brother role, even though technically I'm older, but yeah.
0: Let's go back to that quote.
1: Dullness is a disease. Dullness is a
0: disease. Well, I'm going to jump on this in the context of the statement that you made about yourself, that you are wacky and irreverent. Because uh, in the first of this series of Men in Media, I was talking to Matt Bonanno on this podcast. Yeah. And he is a man by behind Bissarietta, and he would be very behind you saying that... Uh, you are irreverent and, and that that is a way to go and to be satirical. Do you think that Malta needs more of this, particularly totally. in relation to politics and society and how we accept it and our patriarchal society? Do you think we need more of this irreverence? Totally.
1: If, if we did not need that, TikTok would not be so popular because TikTok is what's given people a platform to, to really get out there. It's... It, YouTube, YouTube did a bit of that when it launched, but YouTube never really exploded and the multiplied the way TikTok did. I mean, we have, you know, we have people who have become household names from from just doing Facebook Lives, from just doing TikTok, from from just being, you know, online on Instagram. And that, to me, tells me that yeah, there is there is a need. That, that's what I mean by by original content for creative content. The, the people people want that kind of rawness to it. And there are some very, very talented people who are not essentially working in media, but, but giving us some of the best content. I mean, we refer to it on radio, actually, you know, name drop some people and s- talk about what, what some of these people who would have been completely unknown for the past for number of years are doing online. So yeah, totally, there is, there is definitely a need. And, and what people like Biserietta are doing and what what, what what other people are doing is very much needed.
0: In what respect? Because, you know, there's one thing having entertainment of people peeing in their pants on TikTok, and there's another thing being on Biserietta and pointing out the flaws in the political parties.
1: Yes, because cause there are, I mean, if we were to speak about politics, and, and uh, I'm, I'm by no means a politician, and and I have to be careful how to how to word this, but, but you can choose to say what you think about politics in a number of ways. You can choose to be the politician, so to take the 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 traditional let's call uh, let's call it approach or you can choose to to take other means of saying what you think saying what you don't agree with saying saying what you actually like what you what you actually think needs to change and and that's what what some of these people are doing. Now, whether it's Biserieta or whether it's a TikToker that does a that does a weird edit of something a politician said or or whether it's a Facebook post that doesn't even have a signature underneath it. And it is what we live in nowadays. And and politics in Malta is, is very much ingrained into what we do on a daily basis. So yeah. So definitely whether it is um speaking about politics in a in the traditional sense, which is Discussion program on TV or or stuff like that, or whether it is going down the the satire route, it's needed. Satire, if you speak about satire and what Biseriata are doing, is technically nothing new to the island. I mean, we've had things like Black Condition and other uh, satirical shows, even on TV. Like ages ago, there was a show called Ananeomaniš that I grew up watching. There's always been that attempt. What Biseriata is doing is embracing the fact that we are in a digital era and making the most of it. And that's why they're, they're doing such a great job.
0: Well, when we spoke to Matt about this, uh, he was talking about the fact that some of the people that don't like his posts feed his posts because the algorithms feed on anger. And when you get uh, other people opposing your, your post or your view or whatever, it of course, it sends the algorithms nuts. And you yeah. can see this. And I teased about him about it the other day. But, of course, you have a role as a radio DJ, but you still claim to be zany, wacky, and irreverent. Yes. So do you still, as Frank Zameet, not the radio producer but the radio presenter... Do you take some pride in upsetting people? Is that a byproduct of what you do, or do you just get away without upsetting anyone?
1: No, I, I don't think I take pride in upsetting people. Do I? Do I want to be original? Do I want to surprise people? Totally. But I think I think the difference between being a, a radio host, a TV host, or or a media personality, and and other fictitious characters, let's put it this way, is that that you also need to understand that you are also a bit of an influence on others. So I am, I am perfectly aware that there are people who are mature, who are 19, 20, 21 year olds, who who listen to, to what we do or follow what we do. But I'm also, I'm also very much aware that there are people that are possibly younger than that, who look up to me. So, so yeah, so that's why I keep saying it's a bit of innocent fun and, and, and I'm very careful what I do, because I, I also know that deep down or at least I like to think that I I like to think that I am a sort of role model to a number of people and the last thing I want to be doing is is disappointing those people that in one way or another look up to me or to what I do
0: well you talked about socials you talked about you being an influencer and you are you have a huge following not just on radio but also Instagram and other social media platforms I'm going to ask you a question that I've asked several times social media influencer you just mentioned, you have to be careful of what you say. Totally, You have to be careful of what you put out there. Is it not just a bind? Is it not just a bit of a bore being a social media influencer?
1: Uh, it, it depends if, if what you do is part of what you do or if it's a job. What I do on, on, on social media is very much a reflection of, of what I do on my daily basis. So if that is a way of... In fact, even though it is a term, I don't consider myself to be an influencer in the social media sense. That I am, um, so I like to think that I am present on digital platforms like Instagram, like like Facebook, like whatever, because it's it's I have to be doing it because of what I do on radio, and it's a way of reaching out to to the audiences. But for me, the, the focus is to do what I do. To do Instagram, I use Facebook as a means of giving people a bit of insight into what it's like to be me, um, because obviously I'm on, on, I'm on air three hours a day. Okay, but what happens, the other 21? Okay, so this guy's actually doing a bit of DIY. Okay, okay, so, and, and I believe that keeping it relatable. And sleeping like a baby, I saw sort of sleeping like. Sleeping like a baby is, uh, and, and a number of things, keeping it relatable is, is what, what, gives it, what gives it longevity. Uh, if if I were to just be worrying about what my next Instagram post is going to be and be leading the, the so-called fake life, for, for, for lack of a better word, then I, I would get bored of that very, very easily. But what I like to do is give a reflection of, of what I'm actually up to. So if I've tried to paint something in my house and it went horribly wrong, so I say, okay, so I've tried to do this. Apparently, this is not how you do it. And people relate to that kind of thing.
0: I would completely concur with that because I love following you on Instagram because your posts are refreshingly honest. And even your facial expressions and the pictures that you take, you're not looking for the right angle and the right lighting. You're just going out there and putting a smile on people's faces. I'm, a, 30, I'm a
1: 38 year old with a bald head, you know? <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's so much I can do on Instagram. So my edge is by no means the looks. Um, my edge is by trying to put a smile on people's faces and trying to get them to relate to what you're up to. That's something that we took a call on um, myself and Johnny and, and Terry Farooge at the time when we started off a Saturday show with, with myself and Johnny, Johnny and Frank on Vibe. And we, we decided to profile me as as being the guy who goes out on dates and, and he's, he's the complete loser when it comes to dating girls, never manages and whatnot. And the truth is there, there was a lot of truth in what we were doing. And people related to that. Why? Because people were used to saying, okay, so this guy on TV, he must be getting all the girls, he must be living the life. Nope. The truth is, that guy on TV sometimes goes out on a date and makes a complete fool of himself. And I was very happy to share that. So, why not?
0: Did it affect your love life?
1: It, it did. But... Um, <laughs> But, but when you're at a certain level, there's, a, there's, there's so much lower than you could go. So it, was, so it was a calculated risk. But it was something that people could relate to. You know, people, people could relate to the fact that I spent three years on radio talking about my house that's going to be done next month. And that was all real. You know, I spent three, three and a half years, four years on radio telling Johnny every single bloody Saturday, I'll move in next month. And next month comes and I'll tell him, nah, it's going to be next month because the the gypsum guy did not show up, you know? And that's stuff that people relate to. People are are living that every single day. That's the genius in the humour, that it's so simple.
0: But don't you think that that comes, as you mentioned before, that comes with age, when you actually realise that an awful lot of that posing for a photo that making uh, everything look right in a photo is going to be forgotten. But people won't forget that you spent a whole long time telling everyone how disastrous your love life was.
1: Totally. As I said, I think if you give people something that they can relate to, it, it somehow sticks.
0: Absolutely. I completely agree. I have one last question for you. Go on. I've wanted to ask this question to Frank Zemit for a long time because I'm very, very... Excited about what the answer could be Frank zamit, who would you most like to have a beer with dead or alive
1: wow well, okay um uh, i I've, I'm very lucky <laughs> i'm I'm very lucky so this is going to be my my diplomatic answer so so th- not a lot of people know this but when I was 14 and I wanted to work in media, I looked up to two people in particular, locally, and I once wrote down an essay at school um, about these two people. I mean, I, I hope to God this essay doesn't exist anymore, but, <laughs> um, but it was with This essay spoke about how much I, I, I looked up to Gianni Zamit and Peter Buzetil, who at the time was doing Bon Jo in Yura Borch, which was, again, a massive, massive TV show. Nowadays I'm I'm obviously a colleague of of Johnny. I mean there's a, there's a very very close working relationship we've known each other since I was 16, 17. Um but really really worked closely together um over the past 5 5 years or so and Peter Buzitil I've worked with as well. So um so of I already feel like I've ticked a lot of boxes. Are there people out there who I would love to meet and have a beer with? Yeah, totally totally I mean I, I I cherish good conversations with with anyone it doesn't even need to be someone you know famous and whatnot but um, but I'm a, I'm a person who appreciates a lot what I've got and doesn't necessarily um, look at things and saying okay but if I don't get there um, I'm, I'm not gonna be happy so so I honestly don't know how to answer that question
0: Frank Zameed? I'm going to call you Sir Frank Zameet for this, for the sake of this podcast. Oh, well, Thank okay. you so much for being on The Interviewer. Uh, it's been great. You've given me a new perspective on perhaps selling my podcast for people to listen to on the toilet. And you, as always, are an absolute joy to Thank you. To.
1: Thank you very, very much. It was an absolute pleasure. And don't forget, any time you, s- you feel that you need to attract people's attention, just be in your pants. And it does the job, I'm telling you. <laughs>